Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of Pastors of Pain podcast radio show. We're on 94.3 and AM 780 in Stillwater. We are uh, on a podcast, which you can get on, uh, oh gosh, Spotify, Google, Apple, all of the various ways. Um, but we're, we're glad to be with you. Uh, Father Kerry, not here. Your, your pastor of St. John's has once again abandoned you because he's trying to, dang it, he's trying to build a building, trying to build a new Catholic student center at OSU. And so it has to be out on the road talking to people, raising money, building support. So if he were here, he would say, go to buildingsaints.com and donate. You can buy bricks. You can give them a million dollars or anything in between. But anyway, he's out on the road. So this week, ladies and gentlemen, very special guest. You know her. You love her. She is the Director of Evangelization and Mission at St. Francis Xavier Catholic Church, Stacy Humbert. Welcome, Stacy. Hello, Father. Thank yes! you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We've been talking about this for a long time. And getting Stacy on the show to talk about life and conversion and evangelization and yes. all kinds of good stuff. So just uh, what we are uh, in the season of Lent still. So you're hearing this uh, in and around the third Sunday of Lent. Uh, very exciting. This weekend, uh, we have the bishop. The bishop is coming. So very he's exciting. the Bishop Condola will have the... Uh, 1115 Mass and mm-hmm. the 1 p.m. Mass in Spanish, and then is going to go over to St. John's for the 5 o'clock Mass, so he'll be with us kind of all day, Nice, really, which is kind of fun that mm-hmm. the uh, successor of the Apostles gets to come to <laughs> good old Payne County. Um, and then, of course, all the good Lenten stuff, Stations of the Cross every Friday, daily Mass. Uh, very excited. We've added, we now at St. Francis Xavier, we've added another day of adoration. Yes. So we used to have adoration all day, and we still do. On Wednesdays, uh, all day, and now we have it on Thursdays. That's right. All day. We are growing. That's what happens when you love the Lord. Um, Okay, so Stacey, tell us about yourself. What are you, how did you get, you're not from Stillwater. You have some Stillwater roots a little bit. What, how did you get here? Tell us the story, because you're kind of even a fairly new Catholic. I am. In the grand scheme of things. In the grand scheme of things. Compared to Pope Francis. True enough. Yeah. And in my 40 plus years. So, yeah, tell us. Okay. Well, first of all, you mentioned Bishop Condrela. It's actually kind of neat. So, I went to the right of election a couple weeks ago for RCIA. Yep. Saw him this past weekend for a catechist retreat. Oh, you guys are best friends. And then this weekend, he's coming to the parish. So, yes, that's very exciting. You guys are going to be. I know. I think that's the most diocesan involvement I've had. Besties. Well, you have more Oklahoma City connections than than Tulsa connections. Which is a good segue. So, yes, um, I have been in Stillwater since August of 2018. August 15th, actually. Coming up on three years. Correct. And uh, since then, I have been working, you know, at the parish, um, and it's been very exciting and very awesome. It's ever-changing and ever-growing as we get things moving. Ever a dull moment. That's right. But, um, so I am a newer Catholic, I guess you could say. Um, I always, I feel like I've been Catholic my whole life, which I think many converts say. Huh. But uh, essentially, I grew up in um, a Catholic home, in a sense. Uh, my mom was a very devout Catholic, um, but then, you know... Over for various reasons, we were not very involved in the church. Um, so actually, in 2013 is when I came into the church fully 
Um, received all three sacraments of initiation. You were never baptized. I was never baptized. Okay. I was baptized out of desire, which is... Ah, I love it. I love it. You can look po- that up in the catechism. Another podcast. It's in there. It's in there. Yes, which is probably We've not, talked about that before. It's not valid. <laughs> well, it's, it is if you die. Exactly. And you, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's better to be actually Correct. physically that's what my mom always says baptized yeah yeah so yes so i came into the church 2013 very particular time for me um actually because that was when pope francis also became oh, yeah. pope yeah so march I, of eight no march of 13 correct so while i was in rcia i am um, the right of christian initiation of adults yeah what we use to bring um, people into becoming catholic um i got to experience a conclave and was very very excited yeah that's was, not a Yes. I mean, in my life, I've had yeah. two that I remember. I was like on the radio, you know, just, and I, and yeah. my, it kept cutting out because it was on like oh, Catholic no. radio, actually. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, it was very, very exciting. So, but with Pope Francis coming in um, and through my conversion, which was v- actually quite powerful, um, encountered Jesus in a very personal and real way through the, through the Catholic church. Um, and then Pope Francis coming in and really opening up, um, you know, conversation about missionary discipleship, um, evangelization, and all that good stuff. Taking it to the peripheries. Exactly. Yeah. Opening up our doors wide and, you know, hospital for sinners and all. Love so, it. yes. So it was very good. It was very timely. So through um, the past several years after that, I, you know, went through continuing in my conversion journey, um, but just kept feeling this call to work in the church. And so listened and prayed consistently and, you know, kept pursuing education, formation, different things in various ways, leadership um, in the church level, and then also um, pastoral ministry and theology and that kind of thing. Love so it. finally, um, j- around June of 18, I saw the job posting for director. Of yeah, we had, I got here, <laughs> I got here January of 18 and kind of set the course of like, what are we, do- what are we doing here? Let's have an awesome parish, but what awesome parishes do? They evangelize yes. the local area. Yep. And then, yeah, I remember like kind of looking around at lots of other, you know, parishes that were both in and around Oklahoma, but also kind of internationally that were, you know, just just had massive, awesome discipleship based Mm -hmm. outreach. Yes. And it seemed like all of them had, in addition to the pastor who was, you know, kind of doing all that, (laughs) you know, that there was somebody else who. Right directed the the work of evangelization yes and so found yeah we kind of put together multiple different job descriptions and put it out there and yeah and then you showed up here i am i love it so really it was um the job itself was a answer to many years of prayer we were praying you were praying yep and uh you know and like i said it's it's been interesting i I think you and i have really kind of adapted and modified this role and again i still i think it's still you know it's still moving that flywheel we've been talking about keeps going but so yeah i feel very grateful and so my family and i moved here officially november of 18 to stillwater oklahoma yeah you came you were commuting from oklahoma city yep so then we moved now we you know have a little piece of property in the woods and dig it yeah got some land that's right that's what we like about Yes. Still water. It's wonderful. Love it. Um, so that, so what do you do all day? <laughs> well, it depends what's on a, the... What is a typical day or what's a or typical <laughs> week, I guess, to say? There is some routine um, to my role. Um, it's developed a little bit over time. Um, many days, it's, you know, 
whatever the Holy Spirit will send. Yeah, whoever's calling. That's right. You're res- trying comes. to respond to needs. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, right now, one of the kind of key things I've been doing is overseeing RCIA, um, the process, you know, we use, um, the church uses to bring people in um, to becoming Catholic. So I oversee that process, getting catechist ready, um, sometimes rarely, but sometimes teaching myself and kind of keeping that, that machine going. Um, in, uh, but definitely always with the, the vision of tying it to our mission as a parish um, and evangelizing. So that is a big part of my day. And so there's when we actually have quite a few people this year. Um, so it has been, you know, more work. Yeah, in a lot sense. of individual attention to, right. you know, so when somebody says they grew up in some other Christian tradition or they're coming from no religious background and they say, I want to be a Catholic. Right. It's not like a cookie cutter yeah. You know, every person is a little different, a little journey, mm-hmm. their ages. I mean, we have from seven-year-olds to a couple in yep. their 80s. That's right. And, you know, all all, all very different. Yeah. And so it requires a, a mm-hmm. kind of a personal touch. Yeah, we were talking about the la- last episode, Father Carrie and I were talking about, like, just good things that are happening in the Catholic Church, kind of worldwide. You know, the Pope's going to Iraq this week. Um we we're talking about like the Bible in a Year podcast, yeah. you know, and just how popular that is. The spread of the church, especially in the Southern Hemisphere, is like, you know, it's just really. Anyway, then we talked about locally mm-hmm. of just, you know, we have, I th- think it's 30, probably 30 people yeah, that are in varying stages of, of becoming Catholic. And then conversations, we're always just having conversations with more and more people who are definitely interested and have been invited to Mass by somebody, you know, somewhere along the way. And so, you know, meeting those people. Where they are. And then we have, we call it like year-round RCIA. So if anyone's listening and you're Correct. interested in learning more about the Catholicism, it's not a, oh, gosh, you know, I have to wait till right. September. Just just let's go. Let's yes. go now. Yeah. Um, we'll put you on kind of a track, and, and, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's based on what you need. Exactly. So for some people, it's a knowledge thing. Mm-hmm. Some, a lot of people, it's just a movement of the heart to... Yes. What is the where's the Lord calling you and mm-hmm. yeah yeah so that's you know kind of working through those kinds of things um, is pretty consistent so we also utilize this other series called Christ Life and we manage that we have some small groups going um, kind of overseeing those really it's just trying to um, implement things um, and um, aligning like ministries um, our youth ministry our children's ministry working with our youth minister and our children's minister to align everything that we're doing with the mission of the parish yeah. um, and ultimately of course the goal being to go make disciples so dig it yes how do you do that so you like because <laughs> and it is something we work on a lot so that I mean the goal is that anything the parish is doing is is coming back to the mission right. But that's it's hard because there's all these other, yes, even even sometimes kind of good things mm-hmm. that you get at, we get asked to do or tried to get pulled in on, yes, but that maybe aren't mm-hmm. aren't worth the effort, aren't right. gonna bear the fruit that we want to, mm-hmm. and it's hard. It's really difficult. saying no to certain things and um, <clears throat> just yep. focusing on yeah. what what's really gonna bring about. Mm-hmm. The kind of conversion that we that we want. Yeah, there's four words that I'm um, actually totally stealing from another book. But steal away. That's We're right. That. We don't reinvent the wheel. Uh, so don't steal, except unless it's a good idea. That's right. We're just reusing from another church. Yeah, recycling. Uh, so uh, four four kind of things have really helped guide. I think what we've been doing, and personally, what I've been doing in my role. 
um, which is, first of all, clarity, yep. having clarity about what the mission is, what we're doing, and how we're doing it. Um, that really allows us to be intentional, and it allows us to um, help to um, focus you know, on what we're doing. So that Encounter, Grow, Go, which is what we developed at our parish, um, is that mission pathway. It's the discipleship pathway to help every person encounter Jesus Christ, grow as this disciple, and go make disciples. So being really intentional about following, yep. using that clarity yep. um, in everything that we're doing as a parish. Um, and then there's movement. Um, you know, disciple-making parishes has been, this book particularly, has studied um, disciple-making churches, not just parishes. And m- spiritual movement is something that when we're intentional about moving people deeper into conversion, um, it actually, it, it changes things. Um, you know, things happen by accident all the time. I mean, God's accidents, yeah, we would say right? Providence. God's yeah. moments. Yeah. Um, and so obviously people have conversions all the time. But when parishes and churches are intentional about it, about moving people and helping them to grow in a specific, you know, manner, um, it is actually very powerful. And I think we're already seeing the fruit of that just yep. in these short two and a half years I've been working here. And then um, the third thing is alignment. There so, it is. Yep, aligning every single thing. So, for instance, working with the children's minister, the youth minister, um, even the operations manager, you know, on... Yeah, even the build, you know, the yeah. building, the financial exactly. aspects yes. of the parish, that all of that... Mm-hmm. Come together. You know, one thing we do that I, when I talk to a lot of my brother priests who run parishes, and I say that we have a, our staff meets weekly. We meet every week for an mm-hmm. hour. And some of my, some of my brother priests are like, what? Oh, you know, <laughs> I can't believe, you know. And there's some places, and, I, and I'm not, it's not a judgment, but it is just, this is what's working for us. You know, that place that meet as a staff like once a month or every other week or, and and I've kind of thought about that, and then I think no, I mean, what because what we do, especially now when we're all kind of distant and not allowed to all be in the same room and all these other things, yeah. um, to get everybody together, and we on our staff meetings we kind of knock out the calendar, you know, okay, just to right. make sure we're not stepping on each other's toes or there, there's not two events planned for one room, <laughs> but then it gives us a chance to, mm-hmm. so that the 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 people who run the building or run the business office they know. Right. What is happening in children's ministry exactly. and vice versa. Yes. So it's not these kind of, you know, we would say like silos mm-hmm. that everyone is in where they're just doing their own thing. And like exactly. the business office has nothing to do with youth ministry. Right. And we would say, no, it has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. So yes. anyway, that, that yeah. kind of that alignment. Right. Exactly. Um, and then getting, you know, in, in our parish, I mean, we're not the, you know, we're not the biggest parish in the world, but we're about 900 families. Mm-hmm. Um, we have different, lots of different ministries, different groups. Yes, we and do. are they? You know, is everybody on the same page? Does everybody understand what we're doing? Right. And that just takes a lot of time it and takes communication time. and yeah. patience and mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you know, um, like I think even with the staff, you know, we've been kind of slowly and but methodically um, doing formation. Um, you know, we yep. started with various books when I first started and kind of reading through those. And, you know, it might be a little painful at times for the staff probably, but I Everyone think, read along. That's We're right. on page 72. <laughs> but, but it helped. It, gives us, it's been it gave fruitful. us a common language. Exactly. Yeah. It's been fruitful, I think. And so, and now, and then doing, you know, different staff retreats, just different things to really help align staff, you know, I think is 
definitely first and foremost, just because we're the ones that are kind of, you know, working in the trenches every day. But implementing then, a lot implementing of the a lot mission, of what we're yeah. doing. Yeah. <laughs> but then, yeah. And then so now I think, you know, I think uh, ministry leaders and that kind of thing, I think that's coming. Um, we've, we've done it a little bit with stewardship, the stewardship council mm-hmm. and in different ways. But I think that that's coming. Um, but then the final, the final part of that four part thing is the focus. And that is honestly, I think the most difficult. It's hard. Um, and it's kind of come up here and there, I think more recently even, where somebody will ask if they can do something. And it's like, it's not that it's not a good thing. There are a lot of things that are good. It's just what is our ultimate goal, you yep. know, and, and what are we really trying to do right now um, as a parish that, you know, people can do things on their own through form.org. I mean, there's so many beautiful things you can do. Parish library. Exactly. I mean, there's so many wonderful things out there you can do. But as a parish, what we're focusing on that we're offering is intentional. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's been, it's been interesting. But what's it, what's there, what are like, like what's, what are we offering mm-hmm. now? So somebody rolls in, maybe someone, let's say someone who's kind of like, thinks they're like, I'm a pretty advanced, I've been Catholic all my life. Yep. I'm pretty well read. I love, mm-hmm. I love the Lord. I love the sacraments. Yeah. What do you do? What are you going to do for me? <laughs> Where, what would we do? Well, I would say that one of the things that's kind of interesting is when we look at one, something that we are offering, which is say discovering Christ, and that will be that would something what we'd be called would be probably generally called an entry point, um, kind of a program. Now we didn't pick it because it's a program, but it also it really follows that encounter grow go process. And that's a that you mentioned earlier. This uh, the group called Christ Life. Yep, and they have discovering Christ following Christ, and sharing, sharing Christ. Christ. Right. So it really fits in well. Movement. With yes. Encounter, yep. grow, go. So we actually use it. Um, we're, we offer it to the parish every fall, but we also invite our CIA um, group to come in because it's a good entry point yeah. for them as well. But anyway, so discovering Christ, you know, you would think would be for somebody who is new to the church or maybe who's fallen away. But actually, I would say somebody that is a devout Catholic who is, a, you know, if they say they're a spiritually mature disciple, we would want them involved as well because, you know, if you're being fed, you know, if you are, if you are living a life of prayer and you are being fed in the Eucharist and you you feel that that call to go deeper, then some oftentimes the next step is the go, um, is to really be equipped to learn how to go make disciples. And Christ's life actually does that um, because it's teaching us how what language do we use to communicate to others about this love we have for our church and for Jesus. Um, and so I would say that that is one option for people is, you know, sometimes we look at it as the program is being offered so that I can go personally deeper. And so, and yes, because I think discovering Christ can make anybody go deeper. Yeah. I think it's beautiful. Um, it's it kind of, it definitely sharing the kerygma, the core gospel message in a way that is, um, you know, kind of, we'd say foundational to our faith, yep. but it is also, it is very beautiful in how it's presented. Um, but then it also gives us the tools to learn how to do this for others, which is, yeah, it really is for anybody. Yeah. And I think sometimes Father Carrie and I, we did, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago of like, everyone needs to, we, we like assume too much. Yes. Sometimes that exactly. just because somebody has been a lifelong Catholic, that doesn't mean that they love Jesus. Right. It doesn't mean that they even know him. Yep. It, a lot of people may know sort of about, but not mm-hmm. know, not have a personal relationship with him. Yes. And so we, yeah, we just sort of assume, oh, they're, well, they're at mass every Sunday mm-hmm. or they're, you know, yeah, they're around, but that doesn't, 
necessarily mean that there's a depth to the relationship. And so we don't, we don't want to assume that there isn't. Of course. Nor do we assume that there is. And so anyway, that's where Discovering Christ, which it's been, it's been so fun to watch because you have people who are becoming Catholic mm-hmm. sitting right next to somebody who's right. been Catholic all their life, and they're both having mm-hmm. this kind of movement of the heart yes. to mm-hmm. know the Lord more. It's pretty, it's, it's cool. It's really awesome. And, you know, now the fruit of kind of what we did a couple years ago was Discovering Christ. We're seeing with actually our longtime parishioners where they're facilitating groups themselves now, small yep. groups. So, you know, you come together, you know, there's usually like a meal, a video, which is really beautiful teachings. We don't do videos for everything, but this one's, it's really good. And then there's the small group discussion. Um, and so the small group discussion is where things really. Yeah, a lot of community. Yeah. You're getting to know other people. Yeah. yeah. And then as a longtime parishioner, like you were saying, the person that comes in and says, I'm, I'm faithful, I'm this, I'm that. Um, they would have the opportunity to share that with others, which is really where our faith can just exponentially grow. And it's what we're supposed to do. Exactly. So that it's very beautiful. Um, But then also I have witnessed beautiful conversions in longtime Catholics who it's just presented to them in a different way. Mm -hmm. The faith is presented in a different way um, than what maybe we've we, they've seen before. And when you said, you know, we never want to assume anything, I think that is really important because, you know, the faith oftentimes can be taught informationally. You know, we, our formation is kind of, it's head knowledge, right? It's catechesis. Um, it's that transformation is what we're really seeking. And yep. that heart, so it's when our head and our hearts are aligned. Um, and so that transformational um, catechesis is really what we're focusing on. So yes, yeah, so Christ's life. That, and so after discovering Christ, there's a beautiful, the next step is called following Christ, which is actually what we're in the middle of right now. Um, and it is awesome because- And it's like how many people? How many people are doing this? Right now we have, with leaders and facilitators, there's probably around 35 to 40, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. Um, the first group we had was really large, you know, because that's how it goes. You know, you just kind of get that big push. And then over time, things kind of dwindle. But it now it's actually it's actually a pretty good sized group it's in COVID. Um, but we're doing hybrid online. Yeah, some and in person, some it's online. A, yeah, so we're yeah. being really careful with that. But uh, yeah, so now we're in following Christ, which is awesome because it's really teaching people the basics of how to pray, how to how to pray with scripture, how to have a daily personal that's prayer what life. That's we assume way too much I mean that people know yes how it's a real challenge mm-hmm. and that's where this the idea yeah the idea of movement <clears throat> helping people because if you if you have a prayer life right even a kind of an elementary one mm-hmm. and you stick with it right the yeah the fruits are just going to be yes. crazy but if you don't know how to pray it's going to be difficult even if you have all this head Exactly. Knowledge. It's going to yeah. be difficult to know what to do. How do you just, you know, discern God's will and do what you're supposed to do? And yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. It's really good. And so, you know, and then we have a couple other things going on. Um, I mean, honestly, like even the invitation to personal prayer, which is one of the things we're doing. The IPP. The IPP. You know, it is, you know, kind of an entry point for how to really pray. And it starts out like, you know, 15 minutes a day of prayer with scripture, but it teaches people the different different types of prayer. Um, yeah, because not, not every type yeah. of prayer resonates with exactly. each type of person. Yeah. So it kind of gives you those, those di- varying tools, various tools, um, meditative prayer, contemplative prayer, you know, that kind of stuff. So honestly, I think even sometimes lifelong Catholics that maybe have never been introduced to like Ignatian prayer methods. Yes. Um, it can, it can take them a whole other level. That's so, awesome. and then, you know, we're, we're planning some St. Joseph consecration groups and uh-huh. um, which is, you know, starting March 30th. That's right. That week. And so that's for anybody and everybody. St. John's is doing that too. Yeah. They that's got what I heard. A, they, they're doing it. 
I think they're in it now. They are. And it's going to end on March 19th, which is the Feast of St. Joseph. Yeah. We're starting it March 30th to end May 1st. St. Joseph the, the Worker. The Feast of St. Joseph the Worker. Yeah, yeah. multiple feast days. Yeah. yeah. But it's, yeah, it's so good. So that's something, yeah, whoever's listening out there mm-hmm. that's coming up. We're going to have yeah. varying groups for varying types mm-hmm. of people. That's amazing. And that's another, you know, that's another opportunity for alignment. Because <clears throat> one of the things that I'm really trying to do is, so anybody that's going to be facilitating groups like that, kind of being consistent with how we're doing facilitating Christ life, how we're facilitating CCO, how Catholic Christian Outreach, another group we're doing, um, how, you know, IPP, all those different things is just being consistent on how we're presenting it to yep. our facilitators and how they're how they're offering it to others. Because it's that outward focus, that, that prayer focus, that missional kind of, you know, That's process. awesome. Yeah. So, it's so one thing we were talking about, it was uh, kind of the idea of like testimony. Yes. So talk about that, because I think that's where we mm-hmm. sometimes don't think of that that as like a Catholic idea. <laughs> you know, when somebody sure. says you have to we should we should be witnessing to somebody else. Yeah. That sounds people are like that's not, that's not Catholic. <laughs> you know, we we don't do that. Yes. When in fact we do. I mean it's not easy. Mm-hmm. But so t- so okay. t- yeah, tell us about that. So I'm actually in the midst of writing a blog. I haven't written one in a while and my evangelization conversation. So I'm going to go in kind of more in depth into that this week. But so there's I kind of had this image of the Wizard of Oz lately. And <laughs> I don't know why. But, you know, the Holy Spirit works in very interesting you've been, ways. You've been traveling to Wichita. Back <laughs> That's and forth. true. I've been going to Kansas a lot. So, you know, it's like it kind of popped in my head actually yesterday. Uh, uh, let's see. What was it? Witness, conversion and testimony. Oh, my. Because it kind uh, of feels like, you know, evangelization is that we've been placed in this other world. We'll put that in the, sh- in the lower, our little show notes. When, if, you're, if you're done with it by yeah. the time this airs. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I think that sometimes, we'll, I mean, when we think about evangelization, I think, I mean, we've been talking about it uh, quite a bit now. And the church has, you know. They're nah, getting used to the word. We're getting more, a little bit more comfortable with it. But still, it's a challenge. And it's, and it's even becoming more challenging, I think, in the culture, you know, that we're in today, which we love our culture because we're in it. And this is where God placed us. But it is, you know, challenging to share, talk about truths and talk about faith um, in kind of in a culture that's a little, you know, not maybe in line with. Um, there is one truth and that there is, you know, that kind of stuff. So really, I have been feeling stronger and stronger that testimony, conversion and witness are kind of three really core things. So I would say witness, you know, would be first, actually, because how we live our lives of faith, what we do daily, what we watch, what we listen to, how yeah. we how we act as a family in public. You know, there's I mean, obviously, we all have challenges in certain situations, but just generally how we are and how we live our Christian faith is is core. So that witness, that would be what we would call witness is very key. The next thing would be conversion, which is obvious um, because, uh, you know, conversion is where the rubber hits the road. You know, that's where hearts change and that's where lives are transformed. But, you know, there's initial conversion and there's ongoing conversion. That's something I'm going to open up quite a bit more in my, in my talk, but then testimony ties into all three of two of those and all three together. They're all really go hand in hand because when we have an experience of God and when we are on fire for the faith, you can't help but share it, right? You say it all the time. I say it all the time. You can't give what you don't have. So really testimony is kind of like the the final piece, I would say, of those two because you want conversion and you really need to be living your faith. But when we, you can't, really convince anybody of anything unless at some point you share truth and you talk about your yeah. faith. So, but, yeah, but the messenger has to be convincing. 
Pretty much. And then really what that really kind of boils down to for me, and that's something I've been really thinking about more and more, is um, at some point when somebody has a conversion of faith, if they don't share what it is that that, that has changed in their hearts, if they don't have that, that testimony, um, somebody doesn't have the opportunity to choose what you're, what you're yeah. offering. You know, you Even should, to say no to it. Exactly. And, and because we are facing more and more, I would say, a little bit more hostility when it comes to like truths um, and, you know, truths of the faith, the fact that kind of um, some of our, our teachings, I, w- I mean, obviously in our church are a little, ca- they're quite countercultural at times. Um, so debating the faith can actually end pretty negatively, I think, at times. But when you share your experience of God and when you share how God has worked in your life, when you, in it, like in a testimony, typically you start with what happened, what was your life like before a conversion? What happened in that moment that changed you? What kind of encounter did you have? And then how is your life different now? So those kind of three steps are really what a testimony is all yeah, about. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But it's kind of a skill. I mean, it's a, it takes so that's something we're trying to mm-hmm. learn ourselves and then to teach to others. Right. And what's cool about it is it can happen at any kind of at any age. I mean, so we can teach, mm-hmm. you can teach a high school kid how to. Yeah testify and it's right. not you know sort of standing on this sh- i mean you can stand on the street corner that's cool but it's to the people that you already know yep. you know co-workers and the classmates and mm-hmm. um and i think some people i think a lot of times catholic think catholics think it's like a it's sort of inherently going to be awkward and like uncomfortable but, but you're sharing from your heart right yeah but yeah. it doesn't have to be especially exactly. if you already have that kind of initial trust that initial relationship yes that's so cool okay well stacy humbert Father O'Brien. Wow. <laughs> that, that's, this is a good time. It was this awesome. This is a good time. So uh, evangelize. Get out there. Let's do this. Amen. But first we have to encounter the Lord yes. ourselves. So come to Mass. Come to Adoration. Read good books. Pray. <laughs> um, all right. We are out of here. Father Carey will be back next week, I think. I know. Whatever. You know. Who knows? Who knows where he's <laughs> where, who, who knows where he is and where he's going? Uh, pray for Pope Francis as he heads to Iraq. And join us this weekend. We're still in the season of Lent. We're going to welcome the bishop. It's going to be awesome. We're the pastors of pain. Have a great week.